Our focus text today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. I invite you to follow along as I read. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary, Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. It is a poetic piece of writing that has been used in so many different worship settings and set to so many different musical tunes over the years that chances are, even if you did not grow up in a church environment, you've encountered in some way, shape, or form what is often called the Magnificat, or Mary's song. It's Mary's response after her relative Elizabeth blesses her and her unborn child. And it was part of our focus text today. And because it's been set to music and is somewhat well known, and because it is poetic and sounds really pretty, it is easy to miss the message. If we like how something sounds, sometimes it's hard to catch the meaning. So, so let me give you an example of this. When I was younger, I'm thinking around fifth or sixth grade, my friends and I would sing along loudly to popular songs in our parents' cars as they drove us around. And I'm sure that was absolutely annoying, but it was fun. And so when the latest Bon Jovi monster ballad came on, we would all be like, oh, I love this song, even though we could only sing the chorus. <laughs> we had no idea what the verses were. Uh, we couldn't understand half of what was being said. We just liked the way it sounded. So before the days when the internet could provide all kinds of useful information, like song lyrics, <laughs> You had to get that information from the jacket inside the album's CD case. But here's the interesting piece, and it's the reason I bring this up. When one of us bought the CD and looked at the words to one of the songs that we loved, the song changed. Sometimes we realize that we could not sing a particular song in front of our parents anymore after learning the words because we realized that we would get in trouble if we said that out loud. 
sometimes we realized that the words made absolutely no sense. And so the song itself became a little less cool. And sometimes, sometimes, we realized that the words of a particular song spoke to our life in a real way, making the song even more popular and meaningful. So, Mary's song. It's not just pretty. It does not just sound good when it's sung or performed. The words mean something. And if you spend some time with them, I believe that they can be powerful. And I believe that they can be relevant to our life, transformative, if you will, to our life. So as a way to experience the Magnificat, Mary's song, um, we have some of our musicians, our, some of our musicians recorded it. And I want you to be able to listen to different sections of it and then reflect on those sections. So listen to uh, this first section. So let me tell you about expectations. We all have them placed on us and we all place them on others. We bear the expectations of our parents, our bosses, our communities, our friends, our culture, and even the expectations we place on ourselves. And then we spend so much time and energy trying to successfully live up to all of those expectations and not be a disappointment. Both Mary and Elizabeth are disappointments, at least according to the expectations of the time. Elizabeth is old and has not had children. She was said to be barren, which is tantamount to being a complete and utter failure and disgrace in first century Palestine. The shame of that stigma must have been absolutely awful for her. Her culture ha has told her that her worth is directly tied to her ability to have children and, and to raise a family. And then there's Mary, Mary who has the opposite problem. She is young enough not to be married and is found with child. Now things are different today, but in Mary's day, there were unflattering words for a young woman in such a situation. If you listen closely, you can hear the whispers of the community talking behind her back. They say things like, horror, disgraceful, oh, improper. Who's going to marry her now? Two women, both peasants, both poor, both nobodies, both disappointments, both having failed to meet the expectations placed on them are called blessed by God as the story and as the song begins. Apparently God's expectations are nowhere near ours. Listen to this next section.
bringing down the proud and the rulers and replacing them with the lowly? Sending the rich off wanting and filling up the poor and downtrodden? That is a complete reversal of expectations of how things are. Now, I'm sorry, but that is just not the way the, the world is. That's not how life works. It's not. Society is ordered in a certain way, and, and it's always been like that. The people on the top, they have the money, the power, the attention, the respect, and the people on the bottom are just trying to survive. What happens if you mess with that? if you change the natural order of things? What happens when your expectations of how things should be, of how the world should work, go unmet? What do you feel? What do all of us feel? Yeah, we feel stress and we feel fear and we worry and we have anxiety. Yeah, these feelings are present in this song. It's what happens when you sing about reversing the way the world works, albeit for God's good purposes. <laughs> I mean, unmet expectations can be incredibly difficult to deal with. So, so let me ask you this, what is stressing all of you out right now? What do you worry about? What causes anxiety in your life? In other words, what are the expectations that you feel are not getting met? What parts of life are being turned upside down? <laughs> so I do end up talking to a lot of people throughout the week just to check in, oftentimes, and to see how people are doing. And after moving beyond the, you know, Minnesota nice answer of all oh, things are fine, I start to hear what really is on people's minds, what's stressing people out. You know, parents with uh, children, it uh, doesn't really matter what age, kind of the older they get, the, the more this happens, but parents with children say very similar things over and over again. So I'm gonna give you a, a phrase, I want you to guess the last word in this phrase. Uh, parents often say, I am so, do you know the answer to that? Busy, so busy, running from one thing to the next, never enough time. Other people, well, they talk about the changes that they can't control. Now, change in life, change in health, in culture, in government, in church, it, really in all aspects of life. That kind of across-the-board change can make life feel disconnected. And it's in the midst of the stress and anxiety that this song meets us as a community right where we are. God is doing a new thing, uh, not just in the past, but now. Let's listen to, to the last section of the song. song ends with a statement of faith and an acknowledgement that in the midst of all that is going on in the world and in our lives, God continues to work and keep God's promises to create rich, full lives for God's people and for God's creation. This is both the good news and the rub that's in the song. 
God's dream is for the world. God's dream for life and peace and goodness will come about, but not without first a reversal of expectations. What the world calls lowly or shameful, God calls blessed. And what the world calls power and authority, God removes to make way for the least, to make way for all to be welcomed, to make way for something new to happen. And this is what the biblical story means when it speaks of hospitality. As the church, as people of faith, we don't practice hospitality uh, as a way of life because it's the right thing to do or because we're going to be rewarded or repaid for doing it. No, the biblical understanding of hospitality is rooted in God's dream that all people in all parts of our life have value, are loved, and should be welcomed as children of God. In this way, hospitality is a great reversal of expectations. And in the anxiety and stress that will ensue because of these broken and unmet expectations, God is there creating something new, something beautiful. In the broken and unmet expectations of life, places where we would not like to be, God is perfectly at home. God uses the wrong kind of people in ways no one expects to bring life, peace, and wholeness to this world. In the same way, in your fear, in your anxiety, in your stress, God meets you and invites you to see new possibilities. In the midst of your busyness, trying to live up to everything that you think you should be, God meets you and says that you are blessed as you are even when you feel that you've failed yourself and others. In the midst of the changes that we experience in life and in our culture, God meets us in our uncertainty, in our doubt and fear, to move us to see God in ways that we've not before. God is busy creating a new way of being, a new reality that brings peace and justice and hope. And we are called then to live into Mary's song, to live into imperfect hospitality, imperfect that we often fail at it because it goes against our expectations, but nonetheless life-giving in its outcome. Mary's song is all about breaking expectations for the sake of God's dream for the world. And in this season of Advent, in this time of waiting, in the midst of your broken and unmet expectations, may you find peace, wholeness, and life. And this is the good news that we hear today. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. As a way of taking the focused text as well as the reflection on that text just a bit deeper into your life and apply the story of our faith to what you are dealing with every day, here are a couple of reflection questions to help you do that. Question number one, do you have a hard time living up to your own expectations or the expectations of others? Think about that. And then number two, does the biblical view of hospitality as a way of life that leads to the kingdom of God challenge your current understanding of hospitality? Mm -hmm.